never know. This is your last chance. No beating around the bush. Perhaps I was talking when I should have been listening. This is the Redefined Relentless Podcast. Welcome back to Redefine Relentless. Today, we're going to be talking about Grit, which was written by Angela Duckworth. She's a psychologist that graduated from the University of Pennsylvania. And in this book, I'm jumping right in super quick. There was one simple question she was trying to answer, which trifolded into a lot of studies and a lot of time trying to understand this one question. Who is successful and why are they successful? Is it talent? Is it good looking? Is it social intelligence? What, what, what is it? And I'm going to get to that. It's actually grit. And she did studies from the, from the very beginning and it was, uh, spelling bee students. She studied them as well as the military and top corporations that, um, had salespeople that were like top of the line. They were the best salespeople in the world. Uh, and she really went after to study them and learn them just the top people of the military of the spelling bees. And she was trying to come up with something. And with her background being a psychologist, she had a lot of questions and that she was trying to answer, but all summed up to the main goal of the hierarchy, which was who is successful and why. So I want to reestablish through Angela's study, she found that a good measure of success is not IQ, not good looks, social intelligence. It was grit. So what does it mean to have grit? Grit is passion and perseverance through long-term goals. So grit is stamina and is working hard. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So how do you become gritty? And even from a different part of outside of her book and her TED talk, which you should listen to, she talked about she wasn't completely no, but she completely didn't know a defined answer in which understanding the psychology in every which one, there's not every person, there's not a specific way, but there's general ways that she came up with that uh, for the most part work for a lot of people. But she wanted to put an emphasis on that uh, it. It's something that we're divulging in and studying more, but we were focused so much on talent, which I'm going to get to now. Talent does not make you gritty. When we were to think, if you were to think, do you think talent in someone putting in a lot of effort, who do you think is going to win? Someone in talent or effort? Talent or effort? Talent or effort? Now, given the circumstances of genes of like someone that's going to the NBA, right? They have really good genes. Someone that's four or five is stacked up against someone that is six, eight uh, is, is really hard and challenging given to the genes to make it to the NBA. Now, that's a completely different thing than what we're talking about because talent isn't as good as you may think. Sure, in the NBA, yes, of course, but you don't grow with talent without grit. And for one of the main points, if you're to take away something from this podcast and listen to was where talent counts once, effort counts twice and her studies over and over and over again. The people that work hard stumble over the people that have good talent and don't work hard. So you have to have a growth mindset, which means you aren't fixed in the way that you are thinking. You 
with a growth mindset, you realize there's an opportunity to know more and you strive to know more. It's a fixed mindset is, well, I don't mind. I, I'm, I'm comfortable where I'm at in this job. I don't really care to learn. It's a fixed mindset. You're not trying to grow. You're not going to get promoted having a fixed mindset. Uh, you, you have to have a growth mindset and forever be learning no matter your age or where you're at in life, a millionaire, a billionaire. There's always so much more to learn. And I want to reestablish that again. Talent doesn't make you grit, gritty. In matter of fact, uh, Angela found out that it was like not related to grit. Talent isn't related to grit. And then in some studies, it was an opposing factor of talent. Grit was. So there's an interesting equation that I came across in the book. Talent times effort equals skill. Again, talent times effort equals skill. But skill times effort equals achievement. And that was some of the things that equations that she came up from these many studies that she has performed uh, throughout the spelling bee, like I talked about the military, and some of the top corporation salespeople. So there's a direct focus in four, you need to direct your focus in four different ways. Okay. So the first one is to develop fascination, which is a passion, you have to in that's the hard thing of underlying is a lot of people, maybe, especially the people that listen to this podcast or the fact that you are younger, maybe you don't know your passion yet, but it's divulging yourself in taking opportunities and getting uncomfortable with get, getting comfortable with becoming uncomfortable to find different new hobbies through doing a bunch of different stuff and trying different if you're in college clubs, or if you're out of college, just going to like book clubs, there's there's tons of different things in which you can you can learn and divulge yourself in, in order to become better and have a growth mindset. The second thing is daily improvement. You compete with yourself from yesterday, no one else, you are constantly seeking improvement on a day to day basis. Number three is you have a greater purpose. So a good example of the book is there are three bricklayers and they are asked, what are you doing? The first one says, I am laying bricks. The second one says, I'm building a church. The third one says, I'm building the house of God. The first bricklayer has a job. The second one has a career. The third one has a calling. So you might be thinking, well, not my job. I don't know. Like, I don't have that purpose or it's in which your mindset that you chose to have uh, is what affects you. And especially if you're at a fixed mindset, you have to have a growth mindset in whatever you're doing with your life. And sometimes you have to take that pivot. And there was a study in the book, I believe it was 73% of people don't like their job and they know it's not their passion, but they do it anyways. And it's just like, wow, that is crazy. You know, I, I do feel someone on terms of like, uh, in the terms of like where I work, I work for Indiana Auto Care. I help manage Jiffy Lubes, uh, manager of business statistics. So I, I do a lot of other different stuff and never in a million years would I thought I would join this. Um, but it was through or fellowship in which I got it. And I'm like, I'm working for Jiffy Lube technically, never in a million years did I see this happening after college. And I didn't think it was a passion or a calling, but then I realized I really do like working on cars and I do like um, 
you know, I collect Hot Wheels, so I'm, I'm really fascinated with cars. But then I, I thought into the purpose of that example, like I work for Jiffy Lube. Someone can just say I'm a uh, I don't do like I'm not in the shop doing oil changes and stuff like that, but um, more in the office side of it. But it, it's the fact that what do I do? What's the purpose in my job? Oh, wow. We send over 50,000 cars across Indiana and we're completely maintaining them and helping them. And of course, there's doubter, there's haters and stuff. And they're like, oh, Jiffy Lube scanned me. They did this. They did that. And like there's those occurrences. Yes, in the world, 100 percent. But we're family owned and of the 17 that we own, it is really we focus on that and invest in the team that we have on our team. So to kind of divulge from that was the fact that this passion ended up, I understood a higher purpose and it was to maintain vehicles and to keep Hoosiers safe on the road, maintaining their valuable asset, which was their car. And that was a different mindset that I gave myself to. And I thought of that greater purpose and of that why. You always have to start with why um, in another podcast that I talked about, which was with uh, Simon Schnick. And the fourth one is to have a growth mindset. I talked about this. Growth mindset, growth mindset, growth mindset. And that is why I started this podcast. It was, that was the higher goal. And what I'll get to in just a second is the hierarchy of goal setting, that you have this higher purpose, that you're, this goal that you're trying to meet, and then you have uh, three levels, the higher tier, the middle tier, and the lower tier. And I'll kind of explain that in a second. But before I get into that, I wanted to explain how Warren Buffett prioritizes. Well, Hunter, aren't you talking about grit? Yes, it's in the book Grit. And it was a really good story. Um, And this is what Warren Buffett learned at a young age. And then this is how he ended up learning how to prioritize with what he's working on currently. Is first, you write down a list of 25 career goals or whatever you're working on. And then second, you do some soul searching and circle the five highest priority goals, just five. And then third, you take a good hard look at the 20 other goals that you didn't circle and then avoid them at all costs because they're distractions to you. They eat away at your time and energy, taking your eyes away from the goals that make sense. And when I first thought of this, it was like, well, that's kind of ridiculous to have 25 career goals. But then you start to get writing and then understand that there's a lot of projects, there's a lot of different things. It's not just with like an entire life of career goals, like maybe even currently what you're working on, everything that you're working on, circle five, that is matching with the similarities of your purpose. And you'll see, like it's way easier to work on those five than it is the other 20 and they're just gonna distract you those other 20. So. Another thing that uh, Angela Duckworth said to add to this three-step exercise would be to ask yourself, to what extent do these goals serve a common purpose? The, m- the more they are a part of the same goal of the hierarchy importance because they serve the same ultimate concern, the more focused on your passion. So with this hierarchy, it can, can be kind of confusing. Again, the, the top goal, which is just one goal, is the top level and then the mid-level and then the low level. So Pete was one of the guys in the book was talking about the envisionness of these goals of hierarchy and how uh, a lot of these hardworking people basically framework in their, their minds, these gritty people. And as the, at the bottom of the hierarchy is the most 
concrete and specific goals. They're the tasks that we have a, a short term to do list. So like, I want to get out of the door by 8am today, I want to call my business partner back, so on and so forth. And then it keeps on going to, to higher and higher level. So there's low goals that are exist merely to meet ends meet with a day to day basis, right? We want to accomplish them not only because uh, they we want to we want to feel accomplished on a day-to-day basis, these lower level goals. And it is important to realize that the higher level goals are a long-term goal that you're trying to to meet. And uh, that's why you have to have all these three pillars of develop a satisfaction, and then which is a passion, the daily improvement, which is taking whatever it takes, and then having a greater purpose, and then a growth mindset into that. So an interesting part in the book that I found with the hierarchy of the goals in that section was uh, between the lowest and the highest level might be several layers of mid-level goals. For instance, getting out of the door by 8 a.m. is a low-level goal. It only matters because your mid-level goal arriving on work on time is important to you. Why do you care about that, you might question? Because you want to be punctual. Why do you care about that? Because being punctual shows respect to other people with whom you work with. Why is that important? Because you strive to be a good leader. If that's the course of asking yourself these why questions uh, to answer these simply, once you hit that answer that's just simply because, then you know you've gotten to the top of the goal of hierarchy. The top level goals is not meaning to any other ends, it's it's meeting to that top goal of yours. And it is instead an end in itself. Some psychologists like to call this the ultimate concern. Myself, I think that the top level goal as a is a compass for giving you directions by all the goals that you have in life below it. So that's a really good framework. It's, it's this compass. Your top goal is your compass guiding your lower goals together in all meaning the same in the same area. Now that we talk about the hierarchy of goals, I wanted to bring a quote that came across in the book that I really like, and it is improvise, adapt, and overcome, which is commonly known as from the green barrettes uh, in the military. So improvise, adapt, overcome. And it's so simple, yet it means a lot. And it really sticks with the meaning of grit. Improvise, adapt, overcome. So let's go to, let's go back to defining passion and perseverance, because it's a breakdown of grit. So passion, tendency not to abandon tasks from merely changeability, not seeking something fresh because of novelty, not looking for change. And I had to pause that for a second and really think about that because I was like, wait, what? Doesn't that go against? But then I thought it's passion. It's like you're not looking for change. I'm telling you to have a growth mindset, but this is within the passion section is you're not looking for change because you found your your place, whatever it may be, if it's a nurse or whatever, you're not looking for change because you're passionate about what you do and you like what you do. But it doesn't mean you can't grow within what you're currently doing. So let's talk about perseverance now. Tendency not to abandon tasks in a face of obstacles. Perseverance, tendency, and dodginess. So perseverance is 
the tendency and you're not trying to dodge. It's to keep on going at whatever it takes. That's your passion is helping with this, this tendency to become, to have perseverance, to move on and move forward because you keep, it's just so much easier when you have that passion tied onto you that you can do whatever it takes to get past whatever you want. So there's four common traits that they found in, in this uh, National Spelling Bee uh, students that like these top level students that could spell words I didn't know exist that are like 20 letters long. Uh, and th there's other groups that they studied to come up with four things that they, they fitted in um, in order to understand the grit in which they had. The first was interest, that they had interest in it. So it be it was passion. And then the next came the capacity to practice. So that's number two. So one interest, two practice, and then third is purpose. And then fourth is hope. And hope is a rising to the occasion in, in the kind of uh, perseverance when it comes up. And hope doesn't define just the last stage of grit it defines every stage of grit of hope is defining every stage of grit so let's dive into interest a little bit again it was the four common things that they found was interest practice purpose and hope so with interest it was that research shows that people are enormously more satisfied with their jobs when they do something that fits their personal interests. And two, people perform better at work when they do what they are interested in. And studies and statistics show that varying of a factor. So nobody is interested in everything, but everyone is interested in something. And sometimes it's hard to find that passion, right? Or not the passion, the interest, the interest, that passion too, yes, of connecting that to have a joyful time at work and really love what you do. And childhood is generally far too early to know what you want to do when you grow up. And it's in learning in which situations that come up and arise uh, that we understand interest. And when we throw ourselves out there and try different things and get comfortable becoming uncomfortable in which we can find interest and passion, you can't just sit at a plateau doing the same thing over and over and expect for your passion or interest to eventually pop up out of nowhere. You have to try different things and understand that patience is a huge pillar to interest. There's an inclination of the study that uh, uh, Angela, uh, Angela Duckworth did was the fact that you, when you find something that you're interested in or you like doing, and we all probably have at least one thing we can count that we like doing, hanging out with friends or whatever. It wasn't just one time we did that. And then it was like, oh yeah, I love doing this. It was the interest of that, like keep on going back and back and back and back and trying it and trying it and trying it again to come to come across that, wow, this is really interesting. I really like doing this. So it also takes patience in order to develop interest because interest doesn't come and slap us across the face right first thing when we try something out that's new. And again, Angela talks about that Interest is not discovered through introspection. Instead, interests are triggered by interactions with the outside world. And I quote, this is from Angela Duckworth in her book, when you just start to get interested in something, you may not realize what's happening. 
The emotion of boredom is always self-conscious. You know it when you feel it. But when your attention is attracted to a new activity or experience, you may have very little reflective appreciation of what's happening to you. This means that at the start of a new endeavor, asking yourself nervously every few days whether you've found your passion is premature. And another thing she talked about was that um, what follows your initial discovery of interest is a much lengthier and increasingly proactive period of interest development. So again, taking time and understanding that your what you do that you like is important because it, her point was that although most people stink at something that they really don't like, finding your interest in doing it, you, you do a lot better. Now we're coming towards the end of it. I know I spent a lot of time on interest and there's still practice, there's purpose, and there's hope. Hope really went into every stage that you have this underlying factor of that you believe in what you're doing, which underlies goes into all of them because you have this underlying hope and that you're pouring in all this emotional effort and time into that it's going to come out to be good. You have to have that hope in order to develop that grit that you're trying to have. And within practice, which is the second of the interest, practice, purpose, and hope of the four underlying things that they found common in grit people was practice is deliberate practice that you have to do whatever it takes and you aren't stagnating, you aren't plateauing because if you just go to the gym and do the same workout every single day, every single time, you're not gonna get bigger, you're not gonna lose weight. I mean, well, you're gonna eventually lose weight but you're gonna plateau eventually because you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. You aren't improving because you're not doing deliberate practice. So how do you do this practice? You set stretched goals and then you intentionally seek out challenges that you can't meet. So you push yourself far and beyond and then eventually keep on doing that. So you push yourself, but not too far to the point where you're like, I can't even reach that. I'm not even trying. Then with undivided attention and great effort, you strive to reach your stretch goal, which again is that far out uh, goal that you most likely can't meet, but you're, you're still going after it. Many choose to do so while nobody's watching, like Kevin Durant spends probably 70% of his time by himself working on his game. Deliberate practice takes time and a lot of time by yourself. And then the purpose, and again, I'm going to restate something I said earlier because it kind of went into this purpose and really simplifies purpose all in one, uh, one and all in one statement, and it was the the bricklayers, right? We probably have all heard of this, but it's good to restate it, to, be, to redefine purpose and to completely understand it in a scenario, there's three brick layers and they are asked, what are you doing? The first one says, I'm laying bricks. The second one says, I'm building a church. The third one says, I'm building the house of God. The first brick layer has a job. The second has a career. The third has a calling. That calling is that higher purpose in which we set out to. And we don't understand this. And what's funny is, although I've read this book and uh, I now we're on the underlying remarks in that I've talked about hope already is just pouring it and believing in yourself in order to hopefully have a better outcome than ever before and have this successful grit. And with hope, it to really get to make it to understand is you fall seven times and you rise eight times. And it's just those simple words. It's as simple as that is hope. 
is when you fall seven, you rise eight times. You go to the occasion, whatever it takes. You have hope because of that passion, that interest, and that practice that you've been putting in. You have that hope. And that's why it's, re- it's defined at every stage, which is that interest, practice, purpose, and then there's hope. But hope isn't the end of grit. It is involved in the interest, practice, and purpose. And whenever we think of something, it's it's so funny because I've, I've definitely stated this on the podcast before. You, in order to find your interest, your passion, you have to do many different things, get, on, get comfortable with becoming uncomfortable. But then you come to figure out that, man, I still haven't found anything. And it's to, again, because majority of my audience, I can see the demographics, is I know you may be older than me and you're 30 or you're t- 24 to 30, which is my main demographics. You got so much more longer. And if you're younger, even my age or younger than that, you got so much more. You got so much more life to figure things out. And although I I really love this book, and again, uh, grit is passion and perseverance for long term. And that's really what defined who was successful and why they were successful. But I wanted to give you some motivation because a lot of it dealt with a lot of this podcast in the making was passion and uh or motivation. And I, I want to give you some before we head out. And it's the fact that you, you may be sitting there right now, maybe at your desk, maybe at work, maybe on your way back from work, wherever you're at right now. And you may have not even thought about it a long time. Maybe you found your purpose. Maybe you found what you love to do the rest of your life. Maybe you're lost. Maybe you're, you don't know what's going on. And man, there's some times where that hits me as well. And it's like, it's just me and you, man. It's like sometimes I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> you know? And, and I'm not the only one. And I know you aren't the only one as well. I've read many books far and wide. I've, I don't even know. I, I honestly stopped keeping track of books because it, it, how many books I've read because it's not how many books I've read. It's what I've retained from the books that's what's important. And that's that hierarchy of a goal is that retention. It's not how many numbers a book. It's it's quality, not quantity. But I wanted to give you some motivation, even if you're older. Uh, maybe, again, you have that passion, but I, this is really for people that, man, if you ever just sit down and think, what do I want to do the rest of my life, even if you're 40 or 50, because you still got 20 years of, or 15 to 20 years of working, is like, what do I want to do? I like my job, like open my eyes. Is this, even if I make a decent amount of money, is this job worth it? And it's the rationalization to think that, if you're working, think about how much time that is. Like you have, if you, if you have five days, right? Nine to five for most people, five days you're doing that, which is basically those five days. And then you have two days of the weekend and you go through this entire weekend process, right? Um, and and you're you can't wait for Friday and you dread going to Monday. That is the reality that you don't what you don't like what you're doing and you can't have. It's very hard to have that grit because you don't have that passion with what you're doing. You don't have that spark. You can't work efficiently and effectively because you hate what you do. You're just doing it for the paycheck. But I I I, I tell you to go after your why. And sometimes yes, it takes sacrifice to get to that ultimate why. Sometimes it takes a couple years. For me, it's taking two. 
in the or fellowship to develop those skills because I'm learning on someone else's dime business and uh, like real world stuff instead of what I studied with entrepreneurship. So I'm taking that risk and it's deliberate. I'm doing that deliberately uh, and I'm getting to practice deliberately business to understand it to a fine tune tooth comb. And what I was getting at though was that Think about, I really want you to put this out on a sheet. So you have you have seven, right? The number seven. And then of those five, you have those five. And then you just have those two days, right? Or two, that the one and two that are still left. Five, five, you're working. Five of those you're working. Or in, in some, of course, occasionally you have vacations and stuff. But for the most part, uh, on average, you're five, right? Five days, Five days, and you're doing that the rest of your life until you're 65 or 70 years old until you retire. It's time to open your eyes and go after your passion and understand your why. And if you don't, then it's to look at your hobbies, what you like doing, and try to divulge yourself into those types of things in which you can understand what you like. I still have a lot more experience to go, and I still have a lot more practicing and interest to go. I love working on and tinkering with little things. Um... That's just a, a, a true passion I have in fixing things. And honestly, the tiny homes, I just fell in love with them. It was a passion that I had to create that business. Um, but I really want, I wanted to open your eyes. Maybe you don't like what you're doing. I think this might sit well with you, this, this whole book review of grit, because grit, grit, man, you have to be passionate about what you do. It's, it's a lot more challenging if you don't. And if you don't, if you're not passionate about what you do, then maybe taking a pivot in, in work and in, in that uh, department or whatever it may be to find that passion. That's going to be wrapping up this podcast episode. More to come. Um, I'm trying to aim for shorter episodes, and I hope you guys enjoyed this. And I will be queuing the outro now. This has been the Redefine Relentless Podcast. Catch you guys later. And that's the last you saw of them, you got it?